following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I'm Tony Fanning. With me, as always, are my co-hosts and great friends, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. Chris, how you yeah. doing this week? I'm a, a fucking Vikings lost yesterday. They got their asses yeah. kicked by the 49ers. I noticed you had some bags under your eyes. I know. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> and we got punched in the gut earlier in the week for other news that we'll talk about. But other than that, I had fun gaming last night playing Eberron and a little goblin monk that I made. A little street urchin. <laughs> fun. Bought himself a top hat because I made some, made some gold. Um, anyway, Stefan, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, not as much gaming as I'd like either. I was supposed to have a game with Matthew Jones last Wednesday, but it got postponed. So maybe this Wednesday, I hope. And still working on my Dragon Star conversion, doing gear and all that other stuff. Sweet. Uh, another fellow Genesis fan uh, sent me some other PDFs uh, of stuff that people have done that I could help. I finally so. found my Dragon Star books. Oh, cool! Did you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. They were in uh, one of the yet to be unpacked role playing boxes because I only have two bookshelves. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. How about you, Tony? You um, not bad. It was a long week. I uh, mm-hmm. started my uh, Aberon campaign at my FLGS on Wednesday with Session Zero. Nice group uh, of characters you got there. Sent yeah, over yeah. We've got a very eclectic, <laughs> weird group, which I love. So mm-hmm. three of the guys have played with me before because I ran them through in a, a two and a half year um, Star Wars Edge of the Empire set right after the Force Awakens game. Um, cool. And those three guys were like, when I called them up, said I was going to run this and I needed some players. They're like, yes, please sign me up. I'm like, it's not Genesis. <laughs> Calm down. It's not Star Wars. <laughs> but they showed up and they were like, you're not going to run this in Genesis? Please, please just switch it over to like Terranoth or something. <laughs> I'm like, no, guys, we're going to run this uh, 5e because the store, it was the store manager that asked me to run it. So, gotcha. And he's one of my players. He's playing the Warforged Druid. So, that'll be fun. Oh, nice. All right. Nice. So, this week we did get some bad news and we wanted to discuss it before we bring our guest on. Uh, get rid of the elephant in the room mm-hmm. and let's talk about it. So FFG released the big, well, yes. Asmodi released the big bomb on FFG more mm-hmm. than anything. And that is that uh, they laid off uh, the, in- well, they closed the entire FFI, that's Fantasy Flight Interactive, and laid off mm-hmm. a bunch of people from all kinds of departments, including all four members of the RPG team. Uh, mm-hmm. So... <laughs> 
Yes, a drink for, for those folks. Oh, Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we love you. Surely. We hope that you all have the best in your future. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for the future of Genesis. We have a great community. Yeah, we do. And we're gonna we're gonna lean on each other for a while until yeah, we, we hear from well, what's gonna happen next. I think I I think they're they're gonna bounce back. They're all people of you know high caliber talent and stuff, and I'm sure oh, yeah. someone eventually will scoop them up and say, mm-hmm. Yes, come to work river for us. Yep. Uh, Chris and, and I have yeah. both spoken to Sam on two sep- on separate occasions. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I know no, I've never met the others. I've I've heard nothing but great things about them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure our guest can attest to how wonderful people they are. And uh, so, speaking uh, of which, so yes, yeah. let, speaking of which, let's let's shut this down. Jump mm-hmm. on over to our main subject. All right. to the uh our next segment the people we call the people of genesis and um our episode is called founder focus we're focusing in on darren west welcome to the show man hey thanks guys thanks for having me cool so who are you <laughs> what's your <laughs> <Yeah>. elevator speech <laughs> or whatever who, who is darren um so i've been gaming Why should for we our... hire you <laughs> yeah well, there you go <laughs> You shouldn't. I'm a bad employee. No, um, I've been uh, I've been gaming about 37 years. Um, I'm sort of the de facto DM and then GM as Genesis started rolling out. Um, nice. Um, in addition to being an avid GM, I've contributed and proofreaded and edited various writers like Christopher Hunt, Chris Witt, Ian Houlihan, Keith Kappel, Scott Zumwaltz, uh, of course, the amazing. Um, Phil, Brett, and Kimber at uh, and the gang at Studio 404. Um, that's my shameless plug. Holla. Um, and uh, <laughs> nice. most people, um, I know that I wrote Hadra Shard, a Genesis fantasy adventure for the realms of Terranoth. Nice. Awesome. So that's who I am. So 37 years ago, what did you cut you, those little baby RPG teeth on? Well, you know, I cut the, the baby. They were baby teeth. Um, red box and second ed, nice. advanced second ed. Um, and then, of course, you know, as the 80s started rolling in, we had cyberpunk and Robotech Sentinels and then eventually oh, Rifts. Robotech. Rifts. Oh, yeah. All right. See, cool. it's a man after my own heart. We started playing the same year. We've both been playing for 37 years. Right. You know, so come on now. 83 then? Yep. Yeah, me yeah, too. The 83, the big in year. The basement of my buddy's house. Actually, my buddy just texted me, Scott. And um, we were like, his his daughters want to play D&D. And I'm like, dude, get them. And they love Stranger Things. And they're like, because they saw they watched Stranger Things, saw the kids playing D&D in the basement. Like, we want right. to try that, Dad. He texted me. And I'm like, dude, I saw that episode. I thought of us in your damn basement. Because <laughs> we were that age. It was great. That's it was it. good stuff. It's good. <clears throat> it's so cool. Yep. So, you you probably started with Star Wars first, obviously, a few years ago when that first came out, or what? 
Um, so yeah, I actually played the beta Star Wars game with uh, GM Chris, Chris Witt, um, and I, I am ashamed to say it was jarring. I actually didn't like my first encounter with it. And that's mainly because of where my head was in D20. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, what do you guys do, shifts? D-Shift 70. D-Shift 70. You can call it d Yeah, you can tell I've been... But, uh... uh, um, Other popular D-20 systems. We we did have one of our listeners just couldn't understand what we were saying and sent us a message about it, trying to figure out what we were saying. D-Shift 70. That was funny. That's greatness. So, yeah, no, but eventually it really... um, It took hold. The narrative part of it specifically really took hold. And then um, I was lucky enough to be... One of the first people in um, uh, Phil Myowski's um, Fallout Genesis game he made from Star Wars. It's yeah. kind of the impetus mm-hmm. for Genesis. So, okay. and that cool. that pretty much made a full on believer out of me. It is definitely it, it it is a different mindset going from D twenty those yeah. you know roll fa- pass fail systems to a narrative type system and. I've said it's improved my game in in the D20 system as well. Because, you know, you bring some of those storytelling elements and stuff into it. It's great. Yeah. It's well, definitely it's a- improved my game mastering. I'll tell you that for uh-huh. sure. Um, I, elements that I rely on the dice to add in Genesis Star Wars, mm-hmm. I now think of those to add them myself based on how mm-hmm. the dice uh, come out for where I didn't before. It was like, oh, he failed. Move on. No, come on! Right, <laughs> you just barely, you you missed by one. I'll give you a little bit of a success, or you make it by five or ten or whatever. You know, you can pull in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. <clears throat> yeah, like for me, I kind of understand. It. And then you have Savage World, which kind of not narrative, but at least you have you can almost use margins of success. Like yeah, you succeed with one two raise, mm-hmm. or. Uh, you can do a little bit of determining. Well, your wild you succeeded, but your wild die was a one, so maybe something bad happens. Right. And then you can then you switch to a narrative system. Oh no, yeah, no failures, but lots of advantage and a triumph. Oh, all right, then let's deal with that. It forces <laughs> you to think outside the box. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it made me realize that I'd gotten lazy. Yep. I admit, I'd gotten, I I'd gotten complacent. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. It's easy to just go, okay, you fail, move on, next person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, All right. go ahead, Steph. Yeah, next question uh, we have is, uh, what or who inspired you to begin writing freelance, and why? Wow. Um, so, <laughs> actually, my mom, originally, um, sadly, she passed before seeing any of my work published. Um, she was... Uh, Fellow nerd, uh, very cool lady. So much so that my friends growing up called her Yoda. So um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, but actually, it was my players at first who said, "Dude, you need to write this down." And then people who took the time, who were actual writers, took the time to cultivate um, my skill and help me hone my craft. So uh, it's been my fellow writers over the last couple of years. Oh, so. cool. Cool. So um, the next one here has to deal with the foundry. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who wants to contribute? Either create a new setting, modify an existing one, or create an adventure or anything? Any, any advice? 
Yeah. So do your research um, and play test, play test, play test, play test, um, and have somebody proofread your work. Um, those are really key. Take the time to put out quality work. There's a lot of okay. great things going out there, mm-hmm. um, but um, take the time to put it out there and take, do something fun, something that you think is fun because it'll show in what you write. Um, and so I th- I, that's probably the best um, cool. advice I could give is, you know, choose a subject that is fun to you, that's fun to your players, that you can play test, and then find somebody else in the industry willing to like myself or other people who are willing to take the time to help you. So it's great. Um, I guess the best part is I I would say making sure that, um, that you take the time to um, run your ideas by different groups of people. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. So not just your home group. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and people who and people who um, may not fit your normal profile for gaming. Right, some people may you may not know who have different experiences, different points of view. Absolutely, that's a great idea. Cool. Actually, I do yeah. that with my wife now and again. She's not a gamer, and I mm-hmm. every once in a while I'm just like, "Hey, honey, answer me this. If I do this, what would you think?" And she's just like, <sighs> "Okay, <laughs> what's this side. for?" <laughs> it's a trap <laughs> exactly okay and so to follow all that with you know more specifically dialing it down Terranoth it's an established campaign setting they have story hooks everywhere in that book yeah. any specific advice for Terranoth um yeah, so when there's so much great information in the Realms of Terranoth and in some of the board games that they put out previously, um, and I've seen a lot of really great stuff go out there, is just make sure that if you're writing for Terranoth, it fits the vibe, the style of writing of the world. And by that I mean if you read a lot of the short stories they put out and even some of the historical stuff they put in the book, mm-hmm. um, if you can kind of find that voice and put your own spin on that within that kind of voice, I think you're really going to uh, – I think you it, people will get that as they read what you're doing. They're like, oh, yeah, this sounds like Terranoth instead of – you know, it sounds like some other fantasy I've seen before. So, Right. Um, so as long as it, it helps if it seems like it belongs in the setting. Cool. <clears throat> Want to take the next uh, one there, Stefan? Yeah, sure. Um, when it comes to to world building, mm-hmm. uh, have you done a lot of that? And if so, what kind of advice would you give to uh, to our listeners? That was a listener question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh gosh, yes. I, I don't know a GM or aspiring GM or writer who hasn't <laughs> created their own world. Um, mm-hmm. And I always love getting with GMs and hearing about their little custom world that they've tortured their, I mean, ran their players through. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In reality, uh, isn't that what we do? Basically when we come together is we create something new from something stagnant. So, I mean, we're all really world building. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I guess the, the biggest advice is again, just write what you love because um, and then just take the time to put in to make it kind of quality work. Um, I really, um, there's a lot of great stuff out there that I'd love to see some people um, 
uh, put out for Terranoth and for Fantasy Realms. I've seen a lot of great stuff already out as well. So, cool, cool, yeah, right, <laughs> right, all the time, write as much as you can. That's right. right. <laughs> <clears throat> Only way to learn how to write is to write. Mm-hmm. So true. All right. Well, this next question comes from the buddy <laughs> Keith Cappell. Um, yeah. Ron says to ask you about the four F's of writing. What could those four F's mean there, Darren? Well, what? just to give for people do, who didn't listen to the Keith uh, Cappell interview mm-hmm. episode, there might be a couple of you out there. Um, Keith, we those are actually something that Darren asked us to ask Keith for the show. <laughs> oh, that's right. Keith on the show said, well, I'd love to hear Darren's take on him because right. he's got some interesting ideas. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Refresh us. What are the four Fs? <laughs> so a little background. So the uh, AWA, the Adventure Writing Academy, mm-hmm. uh, another shameless plug, mm-hmm. um, our amazing teachers, Maggie and, of course, Keith, talked about the um, – how to make resumes for game companies. And his original four fucks theory <laughs> was you tell the person who you're writing, what the fuck this is, um, who the fuck you are, how the fuck you're qualified and why the fuck should I hire you? Right. Nice. Uh, and I love those. I thought those were amazing. So I t- decided to take those into class and create a Darren's writing formula for that. I've stolen from the Keats for fucks. So when you're writing your adventure, um, these are the four questions you should ask yourself, which is, what the fuck is this adventure about in your synopsis? Mm-hmm. So when you're introducing your adventure, what, what, what is this about? Because that's all I really want to know about initially. Mm-hmm. Um, who the fuck are you or we talking about in this story? Like, who are your players? Mm-hmm. Um, when the fuck does this happen? Or how the fuck does it fit into the timeline? All right. Right. And then uh, finally, why the fuck would the PCs or readers be motivated or care? (laughs) That's always a big one. Very nice. (laughs) So I took those, and that's actually how I wrote Hadra's Shard, as I read those four (laughs) about every paragraph or two, and thought, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Then we'll get into those four fucks then here in a little bit, then, (laughs) about that adventure. All right. Yeah. Now, is there. Sorry, from Michael Miklishen, uh one of our most prolific uh, questioners. I'm glad you got uh, that. He, you were you you were the one that say that last name. I yeah, because I'm the only, I'm like it. the only one that can, can say, say his it. name right. Yeah, Miklishen, Miklishen, I don't know. Stefan probably could say it right. He's just been sitting Miklishen. over there with his French, like I'm not talking to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how Stefan uh, sounds. <laughs> <laughs> As I twiddle my mustache in an evil way. There you go. Nightly whiplash up there in the great white north. I wish uh, I had a mustache. (laughs) I wish I could grow facial. I know you're rocking. You're rocking that. uh, You're rocking that. That 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 chin beard there. Yeah, little goatee or Mm -hmm. semi goatee or Van Dyke. I don't know. (laughs) I got a ball throw. Put you all to shame. I'm just saying. But anyhow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, this question. <laughs> is there anything about the Genesis system that is unique to write adventures or content for? Specifically, meaning, have you written anything else or for others? Or is, is it all just Genesis for you? Um, I have. Um, I've had a couple of opportunities to uh, write for others. Uh, I've written for um, Fifth Ed D&D. Um, uh, I... Cool tried to work on a project for uh savage worlds for a short period um i love savage worlds 
Mm-hmm. It's really great. Um, I know where this we'll is Genesis, you. but appreciate that. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> and there, yeah, I do. I do a lot of. Um, I've done a lot of collaborative writing um, with other groups, and you will be seeing some of those showing up on the Foundry. Cool. Uh, um, I unfortunately can't tell you anything about them, but they're really cool. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the as far as what is would be unique to write adventures or content for was that the question? Yeah. What's unique if you're writing for the yeah. Genesis system? What's unique if there's anything unique? Yeah, if there is. Yeah. I don't think there's enough Terranoth adventures. That's just a complete bias, which is the reason why I'm writing these adventures. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I agree. Um, I believe you guys did an episode on um, comparative fantasy for Genesis. And uh, I, I don't remember who, but the reason why these adventures were made were because of this, actually, this podcast. Because somebody had posed, I think it might have even been a question, like, can you do dungeon crawls? In Genesis, yeah. and I th- and apparently somebody did not believe so, and I thought I'm gonna prove them wrong. So actually, the reason why I wrote the Terranoth adventure is because of some people who, um, kind of challenged that. So, nice. but I would love to see some weird, more weird war, like Chris Hunt's Weird War. I think that's a really fascinating kind of uh, genre. Cool. Yeah. And with Keyforge announced and coming out, um, I th- I would really love to see some unique adventures based off of that i think that would be really cool to see nice i'm looking forward to that and mm-hmm. yeah i've run i've actually run a dungeon crawl in the star wars system so it's doable oh heck yeah it was because <laughs> nice. uh I, well i ran one for you guys with the sith temple mm-hmm. um that was a dungeon crawl yeah, it so, was. yeah. and then the cave the yeti cave and um what your uh kind of cob adventure a couple oh the ago. wampa cave the wampa yeah. cave oh yeah. yeah yeah that was a dungeon crawl too yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be a huge you know uh, under mountain adventure because uh, mm-hmm. it's not you know genesis and some other systems are not focused on okay all magic items and hit points and spell slots exactly uh, in this case it's strain and uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say that because um, bef- my experiment was uh, second edition Dungeons and Dragons put out uh, a box set called Dragon Mountain, oh, right? Oh, which yeah, I, I converted that. for Genesis. Okay, oh, cool. So, and that was actually my test bed before I finished um, Hadra Shard. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, cool. that was also like one of those mega dungeon, you know, maps uh, kind of things. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've played the old Temple of Elemental Evil when when I was first starting out with playing role playing games. And like sometimes, yeah, trying to go back into it, I tried to to be a GM for uh, or DM in this case mm-hmm. for some other friends. And like, yeah, no, go. I just didn't get into it. I wonder how Tomb of Horrors would go thing. if you ran Tomb of Horrors in Genesis. Hmm. I don't mind <laughs> any of those so long as no one ever makes me go through Strahd's castle again. Fuck that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Michael has more questions. He does. Uh, Stefan, you want to take the next one? Sure. Let's see. Um, what is your favorite community made Genesis custom rule? Wow. Um, that's putting me on the spot <laughs> because, <laughs> I think. because I, 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 there's a lot of great house rules all there, and it's like choosing mm-hmm. your favorite kid in front of the other kids. Um, <laughs> 
I would say you have to choose. You have to choose. You have to choose, or else they all die. Wow! I'm just going to sanity rules. Went dark quick. I would say uh, group skill challenges, um, where you have a number of successes before failures, is um, a great way to use um, to get through montages and speed up what can be long crawls. Sometimes, especially for uh, con games or timed games, um, I think. Yeah. yeah. By far, that has been a that has been a um, community rule that has been used by multiple GMs to great effect. So, yeah. Tony, Tony it's part of my bread and butter. I use oh, them all the time. Oh yeah. Sometimes we look forward to them. It's like, come on, let's go do a group challenge. Absolutely. <laughs> Can we just take a break and do a skill challenge? No more combat, Tony. No, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, with that, um, this might be kind of maybe a little bit of a follow on. But what what do you what do you think makes Genesis special and revolutionary it's because we can add rules like this so easily and they're so useful or what what do you think oh yeah you're absolutely correct i mean just the the sheer bolt-on ability of um and simplicity of the narrative system the narrative die system there's so many axes of possibilities Mm -hmm. everything old is new again which is really exciting and um even the same adventure I mean, you guys run con games um, all the time, which is the same adventure run by different groups of people with that dice um, mm-hmm. and mechanic is completely different every time, which is what makes playtesting the adventures when you write them oh. so great because every adventure is new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ran, I, I ran, I, I playtested one of my um, con adventures, ran in one one direction, then brought it to these guys at Con and Cob and took it to a whole new level and completely yeah. different scenario is great i think it's i think it's great yeah said <clears throat> depending on the players and, and the dice rolls like okay we have to deal with this now on your toes that's right yeah. or somebody getting double despairs <laughs> that's it or just or just learning that oh wait a minute i can spend story points to add to the narrative oh let me just add this and, <laughs> and oh my gosh another what, one later what, on. Harris, what harrison was doing to you tony yeah that one game Oh yeah! Well, he, he, he kind of brilliant. But in my game before that, a couple of days before the first game in Genesis, like, yeah. wait a minute, I can use that story points. Exactly. Really? So just to add context, I had a yeah. player that just decided every time he spent a story point, it was a flashback. Yeah, and yeah. he would do these long <laughs> yeah. narrative flashbacks as to, you know, him and the commander were roommates, and they both had were, were had sex with the same chick and that's why he's getting <laughs> a boost a, up. upgrade because upgrade. i just <laughs> tell him about remember becky and he gets an upgrade yeah. it's like wow. yeah okay like, all right you do the same thing for me just to explain what piece of gear he had oh, my paladin has manacles because of this all right fine <laughs> they're, they're very special great. manacles they're shiny manacles <laughs> those british man they keep you on your toes yeah. <laughs> nice so Crazy this one's lines. kind of a uh, he wrote this question long before we all knew what the short-term uh, future of Genesis is. But he says, how do you see the system evolving in the short and long-term, both mechanically Possibly. and community-wise? Yeah, with recent news, that's uh, that's a little bit more uh, nebulous. Um, short-term, um, mechanically, I think there will be quite a bit of catch-up to the new um, Expanded Player's Guide. Um, and, um, as far as the system, I hope that there's going to be new waves of writers. Um, I've, we've already kind of seen a second wave, uh, bringing in new content. Uh, I fully expect to see a third wave, um, 
and I really want to encourage there to be a third wave because just because things are uncertain now, I think um, the system, as the system evolves and as we see more uh, great ideas, um, I think we're going to get more people inspired. Um, Mechanically, it's in a pretty solid state for now. Long-term mechanically, um, I think like any system, it it can evolve. It will evolve. Obviously, the Expanded Players Guide is a great example as we've got Mm -hmm. the power levels and things now. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's going to be how the system evolves more. I think we're going to see more worlds open up, mm-hmm. um, especially now with things being uncertain. A lot of people might be more encouraged to um, write instead of wait for FFG to put out the content. Right. Right. I'm wondering I, if there's going to yeah. be some mechanic related to in the KeyForge. Um, setting coming oh, out. Oh, there's stuff in there. They've already no. kind of teased. Well, I'm the wondering if there's like, out. I'm wondering if there's a mechanic that they're going to add to that if they've already, you know what I mean? That would bring, I don't know, a dwarf from Tiranoth to a android hacker from, uh, what, uh, Shadows of the Beanstalk together. And how do they play together if there are. Hey, some hey, of hey, hey, they don't need it. We're doing it for. Tales of the Epsilon <laughs> Eclipse, so yeah, back off, hit, buddy. That's right. <laughs> well, or yeah. we could just go to an MMO <laughs> and play an MMO, right? <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, I guess there won't be a, like a Genesis uh, second edition, uh, not officially. So it'll evolve maybe through organic, you know, mm-hmm. everyone adding their own little thing. Yep. Uh, and this is my house years. rule. What do you guys think? This is what we use in our game. I'm sharing it, you know. Like the skill challenges, you know, well, that's cool. Tack on, you can easily go into it. Yeah. I think new rules, um, just like anything, should be carefully tested. But, um, you know, I've heard you guys a lot of times on this podcast talk about, like, don't reinvent things. Don't overthink it. And some of the best rules out there are ones that are really simple, that fit that narrative. So I hope to see more of those. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that. Just as an example, I, you know, I'm, I'm converting Dragon Star to uh, Genesis, and sometimes I'm just yeah, I'm just clap clap. Re- when I'm looking at the gear or whatever rules, like when I was looking at data pads and scrolls and how to create spell books with data pads, because that's something that they talk about in Dragon Star when it was third edition. All right, I need to be able to adapt that to Genesis, but I don't want to make it complicated. I don't need that's to. When just Chris and I get an email. Yeah, just exactly. adapt it and <laughs> and see. Yeah, you know, these are my sounding boards. You know. Yeah, exactly. Is it too complicated? Is it is it okay? I mean, it may still need to be play tested, and that might be one of our actual plays we'll do later this year. And right, cool. when it'll be my turn to GM, I'll I'm already thinking up some things. Good for that actual play. So sweet. So yeah, sometimes I, I've written. I started writing stuff like, oh wait, way too complicated. Scale it back. That's right. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so let's see. All right. So we've Go got ahead. a whole slew of questions that are specific to Hadra Sharp, but we want to keep them spoiler free. So I, I didn't add any of those where people asked for spoiler questions, which there was uh, one and I answered it. Um, so because <laughs> it was nice. a, it was a well, if you just read this part here, it'll 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 explain that to you. Oh, duh. <laughs> you know? All right. So there we go. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, sure. So or who's so after me? I'm sorry. I have no Stephen. idea. Stephen, go ahead. <laughs> me? Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> We're near you. <laughs> I've been drinking. 
I can't help it. All right. Um, give us our your your elevator pitch for this adventure. Roughly three or four sentences. You know, we're about to get off the elevator, so go. <laughs> Damn. All right. So yeah, if that elevator is going to close that quick. Um, so your PCs will find themselves in an isolated hamlet of Strangehaven in the realms of Terranos. Um, you've been brought together by either Common Cause or one of the adventure seeds um, um, that they've been asked to find some missing townsfolk. Um, things are not as they seem in this dark fantasy, and the PCs must be wary or follow the fate of the townspeople. Um, I've made the adventure to be a, a standalone game, but it can also be part of a um, jump off for a, a mini campaign or a major one. Maybe like cool. a three, three part adventure. Nice. <laughs> Almost like it was made for that. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so would this be considered an adventure for, this is one of the questions, but is this one of the, is this like a starting level or starting um, experience point, earned XP experience point um, adventure? Or That's a good question. Um, so I've, I, when I play tested it, I play tested it both with beginning characters, just straight yeah, zero new characters, gotcha. and the and the pregens. Um, I, I in the adventure. How many, how many XP do the pregens have? They have a hundred earned XP. Okay, gotcha. So, so and I, I thought that was a great. Um, I tested both ways because mm-hmm. um, in the adventure you'll actually get advice from. Um, from the adventures basically saying if your if your group has about x xp or if this is how far they are then up the level yeah, of gotcha. what your combatants are that's um, nice. since i'd already been part of the playtest for the uh expanded players guide i already kind of had a chance to hone some of those in so that was kind of nice to have that in advance um oh that's cool but yeah cool now you did say this is more of a a gothic kind of setting this next question is any suggestions for running the adventure for more of a um, generic fantasy or a horror setting? Yeah, I, I, the biggest piece of advice is avoid graphic violence uh, if you can uh, and go for drama, like to build up the tension. Um, I think also the best kind of horror or fantasy is believable. You know, it's something that is just off center, but just enough that it's believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in a kind of a gothic or a horror setting, is make sure you're using all your senses. You know, mm-hmm. what what are they seeing? What are they smelling? What are they hearing? You know, what do they taste? Mm-hmm. All of those things, and then possibly a vibe, that fifth sense. Right, that cold sense of something like breathing on your neck, or you know, <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Great. Right. Great advice. So, Great advice. You've provided in the adventure. You've provided several hooks, uh, or you know, ideas on how to get the players started. And um, uh, any favorites? Any new ones you'd like to like throw out there uh, for GMs that maybe looked at those five or six and went, "That's not for my group." <laughs> um, so my favorite is, um, I believe it's Revenge. Uh, a dark-robed wizard hired the PCs to guard or smuggle several wagons past the alderman patrols. However, the PCs were double-crossed and left for dead or not paid. Nice. Um, it's funny because um, I ran a one-off game of that adventure. I actually turned that into a mini-adventure oh, um, oh, and ran nice. that recently for my players. And they were like, wait, 
this is the this is the preamble. I'm like, and they had to act like they did not know who they were dealing with. I love it. Oh, that's great. They're like, wait, no, no, but but that's. I'm like, well. So uh, it was. Congratulations, Mr. Tarantino. Good job. That's great. Oh, and by the way, at the end of the night, you're going to be left for dead. By the way, (laughs) if you didn't figure that out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it just gave them greater motivation. They're like, where's part two? Right now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, But to answer your question, any new ones? I have uh, one, a new one coming in part two. I did rehash some of them just simply because um, a lot of them still fit. I reworded a few of them. However, in part two, I have um, um, one specific to a, uh, to a species, dwarves. I actually have a dwarven-only adventure seed if you're a dwarf. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, I'm also creating uses for rune casters that doesn't involve actual casting. Nice. As a little... Interesting little teaser there um because i mean being a rune caster starting out you don't get a rune to start <laughs> the only right? time you could unless unless you get a gm where you're like can i take the signature weapon ability so i have a rune and then you can use it while it's active <laughs> because it's becoming active for that moment while you're yeah you gotta if you got an open-minded gm is like yeah go ahead <laughs> right. Nice. Well, and strictly speaking, just because you don't have a rune doesn't mean or a shard doesn't necessarily mean you can't rune cast if you find runes. Right. Hmm. Um, so, um, which is funny because that kind of falls into languages. Uh, anybody who's read part one uh, knows that I actually—it's it, not strictly speaking talked about in Genesis or the Terranoth book, um, as far as like this is the languages your character knows. Yeah. Um, so I'll be covering that in part two. Vague. Yeah, it's cool. left very pretty vague. Nice. <laughs> uh, what was in? Go ahead, Stefan. Who's next, Stefan? Uh, I think Stefan. I'll say. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so, any have any plans on rehashing the adversaries with the new adversary challenge ratings that the uh, expanded players guide uh, came up with? Um, I am planning on doing that, but in the interest of trying to get part two out first, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do that last for part one. Right. Uh, but part two and three will have those um, included. Um, to include those into part one actually changes the entire layout. And if you've ever worked on a InDesign or PDF layout, when you insert more things into a perfectly situated oh, yeah. um, document, <laughs> it doesn't just it doesn't just like it's not something you can just slap in there unless you're like Guillaume or Scott, you know, who can do it with their eyes closed. Uh, you have to almost be a, have to be a savant at it, right? <laughs> like yeah. them. Yeah, it takes time for me. So, um, but um, I was planning to eventually do that. Um, but since I was lucky enough to be in the expanded players test. I had the benefit of seeing the adversary creation process evolve. And so my first module, like I had said before, I had approximated the number mm-hmm. based on beginning campaign or somebody with at least 100 earned XP. So, okay. so I haven't I gone gave, through that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that. So you've gone through creating adversaries with um, what they have in the Expanded Player Guide. Is there... I haven't. Is there any advice you want, you want to give anybody about re- related to that? Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, 
they're they're pretty good guides, but once you start comparing uh, the power levels to creatures in other books, you may not see the kind of um, strict um, fitting in the box that you might have uh, might have seen before this. I think okay. um, back to our question of you know how is it evolving? I think Genesis is evolving into more of a formulaic as far as adversary creation, uh, whereas before it was a little bit more of a Here's how you do it in the main Genesis core rulebook. This is the range, okay. and um, and so now it's getting more specific. So um, I would say yes, use that guide as best as possible. But also understand that when we create adversaries, the point is adversaries break the rules, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, bad guys yeah. You know, cheat. That's yeah. why they're bad guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and some of the best um, creatures are the ones that are. Um, that kind of break the rules in a weird or fun or interesting way. So um, yeah, stick to the rules, but also know when to break them. So, and then play test them. So, you know, if they're too broken. Cool. Right. Cool. Great. Great. All well, right. I, go ahead, the, Tony. Yeah. The next question was answered already. Is this part one of a series? Are there more on the way? <laughs> so that's already been answered. Obviously you've got a two and maybe a three on the way. Yeah. You um, said for three. So, <laughs> so, I guess this is not really spoilerish, but it's kind of a spoiler. I had a question that I didn't put on here. Um, Hadris Shard. So I've read through the entire adventure, and naming it Hadris Shard on the very first one, and you don't really talk about that at all in the adventure, in the first adventure. What? No shard? <laughs> no it's Hadron? not really mentioned. Um <laughs> Did, is that like a precursor to make people go, why wasn't it even mentioned? Did you do that on purpose? Or did you just kind of, I, I, I've got a name for the whole path, and I want to just name the first one after the whole path? Or <laughs> It's interesting you say that. Um, actually, if you read in the um, what is past section, mm-hmm. uh, they talk about Hadra's shard. They talk about the artifact. So I introduce it there as a consider it a, uh, a like a big steaming bowl of foreshadowing. Yeah, um, because that's why that's what it is. The entire <laughs> title is based on um, Terranoth is all about runes and rune shards and things like that. So I really wanted to have something that even the title felt like it fit in Terranoth. And in the end, the whole point is to get Hadra's shard. Cool. Right. True. So, so finding it and getting it, <laughs> finding it and getting it, it um, which could be a, it could be a mini campaign just for your rune caster or people who want a shard. Um, so yeah, um, I uh, that was done on purpose. Um, okay, awesome. That was the vindictive on purpose for perversion of me uh, putting that up there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the other three adventures will be about. Having Hydra's shard, preventing the bad guys from getting it, and destroying it, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> or is that some other... Sure, movie? man. Let's let's go with that. I like that. Let's, uh, come over here and help me finish this. No. Um, uh, it's, it's funny you say that about Texas, two and three. Right, uh, Dallas, Texas? All right. Right. <laughs> be careful. Who comes sit in your lap while you're right? It <laughs> wouldn't be the first PC. And that's a problem because... <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, part two is actually um, in playtesting. It's in early playtesting and development still. Um, I've already started trying to lay it out, um, which is great. Um, part three, ironically, is 
completely outlined. I already have some major NPCs statted out. So uh, once two hits, you're probably going to see three pretty close after. Cool. Um, because they're kind of tying into each other. And I want two, just like one, to stand alone. But I also want it so that it will drive you along that title that is on right. every adventure mm-hmm. um, and to the next one. So. Um, also a little teaser, or actually more of a thank you to all of the people who um, have already purchased Tadra Shard. Um, I commissioned um, Alice, Alex Pepper. Uh, he's an artist to do the town of Strange Heaven and Surround. He has finished it. He gave it to me, I think, last night or this morning. Um, and I'm going to be putting that into Hadra Shard uh, and up, re-uploading it with some, some corrections and some addendums and little things like that. Um, and so you, everybody who bought it should get an email or be able to go to drive through RPG and get an updated version of it. So they'll have a map. That's my way as a thank you. Uh, you will have a map of strange Haven and the surround. Thanks to the amazing work of Alex pepper. Very good. Cool. Excellent. That's awesome. There you go. Very nice. Yeah, you heard it here your first, eyes, everybody. <laughs> yeah, your eyes on your drive through per profile, That's RPG right. profile and get a map. <laughs> All right. Do any? Does anybody else have any other questions for Darren? I have one more. Well, Chris Markham had a question, but it's pretty much answered. I think he says, "When is Hydra's Shard Part Two going to be available?" But <laughs> when it's available, it's soon. I'm sure. I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very humbled and excited that so many people are looking forward to Part Two. Um, so That's it's great. kind of been a, a driving factor over the next um, month um, as I try to get that pushed out to everybody. So cool. And don't rush it. Make it good. That's right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like movies, we don't want part two to be less good than part one. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. Uh, so. Go Star <clears throat> Don't go there. Um, so that's a danger zone. Um, but hey, if I get it into a place of playtesting, maybe we'll do a finding the narrative playtest of Hadra Shard Part Two. Woohoo! Cool. We're good. We're that's down. A, I'm up for that. down for that. Yeah, sure, definitely. Uh, Mike, my, my uh, last question was: um, so for GMs who are trying to run this on a time schedule, you've got some notes in there, but. Um, what what was your usual run times in your play tests for the for the adventure? Well, my friends and players are a lot like you guys, um, so there's a lot of cutting up. So I had to I had to time how much of that we were just uh, goofing off and drinking. Um, <laughs> but it ran. That. We're serious. We're always immersed in our characters. <laughs> what are you talking Immersion. about? Immersion. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing a character now, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it ran. Not, it ran really anywhere. <laughs> uh, it ran uh, four hours. It ran around three forty-five or four uh, using the time savers that are in the adventure. Um, however, when I ran it for campaign kind of games, I was able to draw it out for two to three different game sessions. Um, just because there's a lot to explore if you want it to be, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, you can, I mean, just the Adventure 1 can be two. I've actually seen some people tell me they, they drew it out to four games. So that oh, was pretty wow. good. How, how long are well, your game sessions normally? Four. Uh, I try to we usually play four. I usually schedule 30 minutes up front and then back because people want to usually you know, catch up. And right. Gotcha. If they don't know the rules and they're new, I need to explain them. And 
And then, of course, thanking everybody and getting feedback. So, right, nice, nice, cool, That's pretty cool. Well, folks, if you haven't already picked it up, this should be enough of an enticement to go out and pick up yeah. Hadris Shard. It's a great adventure. Darren did a good job. That's our opinion here at Finding the Narrative. And, and there's more to Absolutely. come. Absolutely, I'll have the um, I'll have the link in the show notes for for it. Um, the link to the drive through RPG, and I will put I will put in the link to the um, Adventures Writing Academy because you 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 participate in that, right, Darren? You're part of that, so I'll put that in there if anybody else wants to know. Um, mm-hmm. And then whatever else you want to give me, Darren, to throw in there, just you can shoot me an email and we'll throw some throw some stuff in there. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Personal so, address, your PIN number, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Bank account, <laughs> routing number, blood type, <laughs> favorite food. Social security number so I can send it to that count over or that or that prince yeah, over in, I don't know, favorite. the Middle East or something. Anyways. Favorite color of underwear, whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Stefan. All right. So let's move on to the next session. Next section. There you go. So welcome to a very special Advantageous Threats. Since we have our uh, special guest, Darren, um, we will be doing a little bit differently. Uh, Tony, instead, will be running us through a little uh, scenario. We might be a couple of rounds. And this will be kind of a preamble to the Hadris Shard. We try not to expose any spoilers for the adventure. Uh, so we've picked three characters from the pre-gens that Fantasy Grounds, uh, Fantasy Flight Games, sorry, has uh, published. And Tony, what are we going to do? Why are we adventuring? Give us some motivation. Why the fuck are we adventuring? <laughs> yes. Right? Why the fuck? Are we, why do we All fucking right. care? <laughs> <laughs> so you three uh, have been traveling for several days. You're hoping to reach the town of the small town of Strangehaven by nightfall is said to be the last known whereabouts of a bounty that you're searching for that you've been asked to carry out on a wizard named Galantis. Mm-hmm. Galantis is wanted for murdering a priest of Kelos in the free city of Forge. And um, so that's where we're at. Uh, let's go through and introduce which characters real quick that you're playing. Uh, we'll start with Chris. I am playing Leoric of the book... This little bastard is the one who, he's given us a bad reputation. So I'm grabbing these two to come with me. We need to go get this little fucker. Right, I don't know if that's what Larry sounds like, but you know what? Sounds like it now. That's what he sounds like today. Okay. That's what he sounds cool. like it today. And he cusses a lot, too, apparently. <laughs> Very nice. Darren? I am Thaden uh, Miss Peak. Um, uh, I find things, and right now we're finding uh, our good friend uh, Galantis, and we brought a wizard to find a wizard. So, yeah, I hope we uh, find him soon, because I could sure use a drink. I don't think he's our friend, though. He's a little bastard. <laughs> okay. And Stefan? I am Pathfinder Durek. These puny humans have hired me to find this puny wizard. They can't find their own ass in, in the forest. Right, it nice. stinks out here. 
<laughs> Alright, so You went this way. <laughs> right. Good. So the, the smoke from the chimneys in the small town can be seen in the distance as the road winds through the hills. Uh, as you round the base of a hill, you notice a small cart overturned on the side of the road and a pair of worn boots that are thrust out of the pumpkin patch nearby. And give you a little bit of atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. You can hear the distant uh, crows in the distance kind of cawing quite a bit. Um and uh, it's very blustery, windy day. There's tall weeds on the side of the road, and they're waving back and forth. An occasional leaf, uh, group of leaves will flutter across the, the dusty road. Alrighty then. Are they nice boots? I'm going to go look at them. <laughs> okay. Uh, they, uh, as you get closer, you notice they're fairly worn uh, they they don't even bear a cobbler's mark upon them. They're old, worn shoes that probably worn the mark off. And there is a leg, just where you can see the one, uh, there's a leg attached to it. The other one, there isn't. Boots and pumpkin patch, that's a bad omen. <laughs> Do not get close to that. Now, one of the things that assaults your nose as you get close is this smell of some pungent odor you perhaps have smelled before and after a second of thinking you're like that smells like apple cider ooh mmm apple cider well you want to drink yeah I'm going to search his pockets for apple cider (laughs) (laughs) alright so you as you get close and you you note you look down the leg ends at the knee Uh oh. <laughs> so no pockets. Now the cart is overturned, and now that you're on this side of the cart looking, uh, where are the other two of you at? I'm so, going to start investigating the cart. Okay. So is there an overturned okay. apple cart? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's what we smell. The apple cart. And nice. the 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 <laughs> cart had several look like uh, small kegs that have all cracked open and. Oh saturated the earth nearby with something. Ah, waste of good sire. I agree. Hmm. And, um... Where's the rest of this guy? Just in the distance, you hear. Daddy! Daddy! Hello? Daddy! Mm -hmm. So, where is this coming from? Derek thinks it's a trap. Off in the weeds. In the weeds? In the direction that the the leg is point the leg is pointing in that direction. Um uh, Should I warn him? Could. You know what? I'd like to call out. Over here, son! Uh, Well, not right over here. (laughs) Somewhere covering Daddy, I can't hear you. Are you there? Is there anything on the road like a landmark that I could tell this kid to kind of walk to? We can maybe go up this, go up the road a little bit. Or the weeds are so tall. Yeah, the weeds are so tall here that you don't. I mean, you just see them lining the road going down. Now you do see trees off in the distance, and like I said, the smoke. The the town is generally Mm -hmm. uh, just north of this location. 
Okay. Um, I'll go a short uh, distance north so that I'm not... So I'm north of the body so that if the kid comes to what I'm saying, won't necessarily see the body. And let these two to maybe... I don't know. Cover. Durek like jumps said, on the back. Cover it up. Jump, jump. Or, Durek jumps on the back of the wagon. It's upturned to have a better vantage point and looks okay. where the voice seems to be coming from. And I guess Thaden will try to head the kid off. He try to save him the trauma of just seeing. Yeah. Daddy's. So you're stump. entering the weeds. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thaden is. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going right. up the road a little so bit. So where are you, child? Durek, come out. Dirk, I'd like you to make a perception check, please. Dirk. This, this will be an average dis, uh, perception check. All right. Perception. Where has he got his perception at? There we go. All right. Two ranks. And that is based off of his... There we go. Cunning. All right. Not bad. A cunning of three. So there we go. Now, um, the wind is blowing. And mm-hmm. your friends are also kind of shouting to the child, so I would like to throw in uh, two setback dice there for that. Okay, and you said uh, average difficulty? Yes, sir. All right, and two setback. All righty. There we go. Roll that out. All right, so those cancel, those cancel a couple successes. We have a couple of successes left, yes. Two successes and one threat after all of that. Okay. So, as... Quint. Uh, as Thaden enters the weeds, mm-hmm. you listening and you, you, uh, you hear the voice of the child. The first time it calls out, Daddy, it's off to your left. Mm-hmm. And then the second time you hear it calling out, Daddy... It's a little to your right, probably 30 yards apart, 30 paces apart. All right. So I'm directing uh, Thaden. No, that direction. No, no, the other right now. (laughs) Uh, Thaden, I'd like you to make a vigilance check. Okay. Charles moving too fast. (laughs) Uh, Thaden is not trained in vigilance, so that is just going to be three uh, dice. Uh, Just a un... Oh, no, it's going to be with, um, <laughs> let me, uh, hang on here. <laughs> yeah, a simple check. No difficulty, please. <laughs> we all know what yeah, that is. I don't think so. <laughs> wasn't sure if it was initiative is what I was concerned no, about. No, actually, you, and you don't have to roll this. This is going to be uh, two purple, two red. Two purple, two red. Vigilance check. Oh. All right. Um you sure you want to kill off the char- the guest's character this right off? This is the start of the adventure. <laughs> just so you know, the we don't have them sitting here, but the story point situation is three players, one GM, so three to one. Got right. It. All right, here we go. Um, wow. Uh, okay. That is amazing. Um, that is going to be two success, but two threat. Oh, that's pretty right. amazing for three green dice. That doesn't right. suck. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, before I reveal the narrative of this roll, right. everyone go ahead and roll a vigilance roll check it. with right. with, uh, uh, with zero difficulty, a.k.a. Right. Yeah, we got it. Hmm. All right. One and one. 
Pardon me. All right. Two advantage. <laughs> Zero point two. Zero point two, got it. One and three. Cool. So one point three. And Chris, you slow motherfuckers. <coughs> yeah. Three point two. Three point two. All right. And I will gladly let somebody who might or might not be in the weeds take that first initiative slot if you'd like. <laughs> so <Perhaps. and> who acts <laughs> first? <laughs> exactly. The thing that, uh, so you notice it right as it pulls taut on your leg. There is a vine that has wrapped itself around your leg, winding upward from the ground. And it is going to pull you. All right. So it's, well, actually, it's a very thorny vine. So actually, once it grabs, it's kind of wound up your leg and then it's going to pull tight. So this will be a brawl check. Nice. So I have two yellow and a green. Do you have any defense? Apparently um, he rolled higher than 3-2. Yep. <laughs> Normally he would have defense if his sword was out, but he doesn't have his sword out. Okay. Alrighty then. So I'm going to throw in a setback die for um, the fact that it cannot see its target. It is reaching out. And that's uh, setback die actually led to a little bit of failure there. So, mm-hmm. but uh, so one, two, three, four failures. So uh, net of one failure, three advantage. So while it has not grabbed tightly onto you, its leg or it's sorry, it's a it's a leafy vine, vine of some kind. And so instead of pulling on to you, it kind of when it goes to pull, it reaches over and grabs a hold of your other leg. Oh. And starts twining around that. Okay, you're kind of ensnared. The three advantage. All right. Uh, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now, I would the say first initiative. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is what you see, the other two of you. So, so we do see him. You see movement in the weeds away from uh, mm-hmm. Thaden, uh, Jurek. You see something orange and green. And uh, same thing for you down that you've gone just a little bit down the road, Leark. In fact, since you did so well on your vigilance check, you actually see what looks like a pumpkin just slightly rise above the weeds for a second and then slink down. Ah, okay. But it's hidden by the weeds still. Yep. All right. right, So first player, go ahead. Well, since you're the one caught in the the vines. If you'd like to, feel free. (laughs) Okay, um, so Thaden is a, a more than a little bit shocked. Um, <laughs> however, um, he's going to uh, draw his short sword and uh, hack at the uh, vines that are trying to uh, wrap around his very nice boots. Okay, not my designer boots. <laughs> <laughs> These were a gift to me by the Tsarina of Talamir. Well, there we go. Um, okay, so uh, that would be a melee light check, and he has finesse. That's pretty exciting. Nice. So, um, what is my difficulty, GM? Uh, it is going to be average difficulty, since it's a melee attack, mm-hmm. and uh, the in- 
individual creature you're fighting does not have any defense. So, mm-hmm. no need is to it an that. adversary? It is. Uh, don't see a talent of adversary one. I don't. Nope. Excellent. Uh, since it doesn't look like I'm going anywhere, I'm going to really kind of put my back into my swing. So I would like to spend my maneuver to a uh, second maneuver to uh, do that. Take a couple strain if I could. Excellent. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, my aiming did me zero good. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a uh, net one failure. So as you kind of chop at the vines, your sword just kind of hits them and kind of bounces off. As they're really tough. Oh my. I think it's not even sharp. <laughs> Maybe you hit it with the flat end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hit it with You're the pointy end. Vine. <laughs> still in the scabbard, stupid human. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Uh, okay, so this thing uh, is this other one has uh, over by you, Leoric. Yep. Uh, the one that's close to you. Mm-hmm. It, it, you. You see it. It just, all of a sudden, it comes out of the weeds. The weeds part. What you see is a strange-looking pumpkin with kind of a face all carved right. on it. Mm-hmm. And it goes, Daddy! And it reaches out for you. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and it's got real thorny vines coming out. They don't look like normal pumpkin vines. They have these just nasty-looking sharp thorns on them. Oh, was it like short range? It's kind of can reach out and do that, or does it come right next yes. to me? Okay, short range. Yes. Okay. Um, I do have a defensive one. A defensive one. Okay. And um, yeah. All right. Anything else? Nah, roll them up. All right. Oh, it's uh, it moved. It, it oh, I dropped the die. Enjoy it, cat. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had to pick up another uh, yellow die here, proficiency die. So I'm not gonna aim because it used its maneuver to get on close. get close to you. So. Got it. Okay, I did not roll a single success. Just a crud load of advantage here. Woo! Sounds so good. when it reaches out with its vine to grab you, yep. it just grabs a hold of your robe and okay. causes you to trip up and you fall face first into the weeds. Oh. I was hoping you'd say it disrobes him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Ripped him. Oh, damn it. And he's not wearing any underwear. Yeah, Leoric goes commando underneath his robes for sure. Yeah. So instead of Leoric of the book, it's Leoric of the buff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Watch out. Or could be Leoric of the women's panties. You never know. There we go. All right. It's a thong. Then, I try not to judge. Then may I go next? Is there, an, uh, is there a PC slot? There are next? two players. Go ahead. Yeah. All go ahead. righty then. It's all right. So. Then I'll stand, <laughs> stand back up. I'll take two strain Uh-oh. to aim an arcane spear at this thing and try and skewer this pum- pumpkin with the arcane okay. spear. You're going to carve um, the pumpkin? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to have to take four strain on this one. Oh, fudge nuggets. All right. Now, while it is at short range, it does have you, like... 
right there with all those vines coming out at you. Yep. So, uh, so it's basically right within the region. Yeah, I would go ahead and give you a setback die for that. Okay. If you're casting, as their vines are right. waving in your face. Sweet. It may interrupt your uh, somatic components. Yeah, in my face. You know what? I'm going to spend one of these story points because I am in the buff. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't have the wedgie, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I am ready to uh, spear this pumpkin. So I got four <laughs> yellow, a blue... Two purple and a setback die. You want to do anything to that there, Tony? No, I, I like it for now. You like it for now, okay. Yeah, your arcane your spear is a regular yeah. belt, You're trying right? to impress it with your eggplant there? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gherkin. So we're going to do... So it's cold out. It's a gherkin. <laughs> nice. It's cold. So the, my aiming did shit. Uh, let's see. So I've got one advantage, two successes... And a triumph. Nice. He is triumphantly successful, which is going to be 10 damage. All right, so 10 damage. Um, to the pumpkin. Got it. So the and the spear, just on the damage alone, mm-hmm. hits this thing. Yep. And you see just blows the side of the pumpkin off. Just okay. the face is in half. The pumpkin pieces go flying every which direction. That's just mm. on the damage side alone. That's just the damage mm. side. Now I am going to spend Pumpkin this. Spice. I'm going to spend the triumph <laughs> um, because I have a uh, I have a talent here that allows me to to roll two to add two boost dice to the roll. Okay. Um, and I'm going to spend the triumph on that. Hopefully, Ooh. get some more successes and add more damage. Nope. Th- actually, that adds three advantage or three more advantage. So I have four advantage right now. Very I have nice. a crit rating of two. So I'm thinking I might, um, I'm going to spend two of those to um, crit this thing. Okay. And I'd like to pass the other two to the um, vines, the other guy that's got um, Darren's character. What was your character's name, Darren? I'm sorry. Thaden. Thaden. Maybe there's some sort of, maybe it will help him, give him a boost die on his check that he's going to do. Maybe it distracts the one that he's... Fighting when he hears let's, his buddy. Let's say the scream of its partner. There you go. Um, mm. Just it will possibly unnerve it and, and give it uh, setback dice or give him a boost. Which is it? A, a boost die to um, damn. Okay. Yeah. So and then I'm gonna roll. Then I'll roll a crit, and because this thing is, I got deadly put on it. I'm gonna add thirty to this roll because I got vicious three on it. Nice. Ah, oh, that'd be a ninety-eight plus thirty is a hundred and twenty-eight, sir. I don't have my DM screen. 128? 128, yeah! Holy cow, wow. Okay, so that's a gruesome injury. Roll a d10. Awesome. Yeah, it was gruesome. I blew half its face off. A 10. Oh. Hit his presence. Hit him in the presence. It's been unrooted. (laughs) It's been uprooted. Uh, What was it? Roll a 10. Roll a 10. 10 is uh, willpower. Yeah, his will's right, gone. So, will's yeah, gone. it's willpower. All right, so this thing just crumples. Nice. Um, with uh, a zero willpower now, it just crumples to the ground and, and is laying there just whimpering in pain. Sweet. It's the, the vines are curling in on itself. Oh, good. It's curling into a, like a safe ball. It doesn't want to be bothered. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> Your turn, you smelly savage. That's Go. it. <laughs> Do something useful. <laughs> Go for crumple still skin or... Dur- Didn't Durek say pu- boots and pumpkin patches, bad omen? Yes, he did. <sighs> no one listens to Durek. <laughs> Could I get there in, uh, in a maneuver to help uh, Thaden? Yes. Thaden, uh, yes. You could just leap off the top of the apple I'll cart. do that. Uh, right there. With the single Durek's cart. job again to save the puny human's life. Jumps off. Takes the other maneuver to uh, draw his dagger. And he's got a spear in the other hand. Leaping draw. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for that, I will over. grant you a boost die before you ask for it, whore. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. And he oh. leaps over and will hack at the vines, uh, which, by the way, having grown pumpkins last year, actually, pumpkins do have thorny kind of vines. Yeah, but they don't look as bad as oh. these thorns. No, no, they're, they're, not, were, they're still prickly. <laughs> I thought you were leading into another boost I asked. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> Duran has his own, like, has his, just some agri- has his own bucket patch. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and, then you, and I will hack and slash at this, uh, at these vines. Nice. We'll melee light. There we go. So two and two. Nope, three. Two, two yellow, one green. Now, Go. because you're leaping into the weeds yeah, and you cannot see the ground you're leaping mm-hmm. onto, I yeah. would also like to give you basically some uneven ground. So, setback die, please. One setback dice, no problem. And that's uh, average difficulty. If anybody's ever gone through a farmer's field, there's holes mm-hmm. everywhere. Rocks. Yeah. Yeah. They don't move that stuff. They just go around it. Well, that's it. No, I live in the in the country, so yeah, sometimes you have to have careful where you put your feet in. It's like, whoops. Divot here. It's like, oh, now it's a little higher. Oh. <laughs> All right. And what the hell? After engaging an enemy. Oh, let's do the reckless charge. After engaging an enemy, I can suffer two strain to add two successes and two threat to the melee attack. <laughs> two threat. Wow. That's great. Nice. So that's uh, two more threat. Two more strain, sorry. All right. Uh... And since his friend is a, is a ninja, he'll flip a story point to upgrade one dice again. Oh, that was to a knowledge check. All right, let's go, let's go. Okay, the boost dice was useless. Uh, this one cancels that. So I've got a total of two threat there, two advantage, or cancel there. One success, no, two successes and an advantage. Two successes and advantage. Very nice. So, so damage? A total of seven damage. Okay. So Ooh. soak some of that. Oh, sorry. I also had accurate. So just real quickly, I boost dice, which gives oh, you... No, 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 no backsies. Fine, just kidding. fine. Roll it. You haven't gone on to the next person. Well, it. It's an extra advantage, so two advantage. <laughs> not, not enough to activate the crit. But I will give the next acting character uh, a boost dice. Sweet. Or you know, the bad guy's acting. Yeah, setback dice to the uh, the plants. There we go. Okay, setback die to. Okay, so that yeah, plant. As will I'm actually... hacking and slashing, it's all these blades are flying all over the place. 
<laughs> so when it attacked you the first time, it was doing so stealthily from kind of a surprise position. Now it actually is going to go at the bottom of the round. And again, you also see this leering pumpkin face as it kind of pulls itself towards you. You see the vines stretching out behind it almost as if they're rooted to the ground somewhere. But this pumpkin face is leering towards you and in the vines and it's trying to pull you towards the face. <laughs> you guys can't see it at home, but Tony's actually going towards the camera to Darren. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony's a very animated GM. The fact that I have to sit down to GM bothers me so much at my computer. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, dude. Um, so uh, you do have your sword out now. So I, I do. will take that defense die and add it in there. Alrighty. Plus the lovely defense die that was given to me by my orcish saver, savior. Okay. Nice. Alright, so I'm go. looking at just two purple. I think this one really wants to taste the uh, adventurer here, so I'm going to spend one of my GM story points to upgrade. Awesome. <laughs> What's our pool at? So we're back to three and one. Three and one, yeah. Are you happy with my pool? Always. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? The leering in, bringing you towards the face, that's kind of a name. There we go. It is kind of a name. All right. <clears throat> so here we go. Ooh, there's a triumph. Uh-oh. Nice. All right. So in this case, uh, all my uh, advantage is going to wash out, so I'm just going to have the success from the triumph and one other uh, success. So uh, two, two successes. successes. All right. And uh, we're looking at, uh, that's going to be 10 damage oh. as the jaws just snap out cool. and grabs onto your shoulder. And it feels like sharp fangs, like it's like it's hardened. It's not really a piece of vegetable. Ooh. It's something else. Somebody's sharpening <laughs> those pumpkin seeds, man. And um, <laughs> with its bite, uh, it's got a critical three i think i'll spend the triumph on a critical with vicious two wow so here we go welcome to the show darren absolutely uh, 83 <laughs> next time listen to durek 83 is going to be winded the target cannot voluntarily suffer strain to act at any activate any abilities or gain additional maneuvers until the critical is healed oh nasty nice so it bit real hard down on your shoulder, knocks the wind right out of you when it does that. Oh. You're like, ah! <sighs> Alright. Uh, that is round one. Yeah, mm. Round two, first player. It's By the way, the initiative slots are player, bad guy, player, player, bad guy. Alright. <clears throat> well, um... Do you want to go, Chris? No, I, I would say the guy that just got bit, <laughs> if you'd like to. Yeah. But you know what I would like to do is use... A once per session ability Not as Leoric, which is okay. a um, we're ready for adventure, motherfuckers. So, why don't you throw that GM story <laughs> point over to our player pool? Okay, so you can't oh, mess with our guest on his channel. All right, so now the story point pool sits at four to the players and zero to me. Yeah, so feel free to use them, use them if you got them. Then, mm-hmm. all right, Darren, go ahead, man. Excellent. Uh, so Thaden is going to take a page from Leoric of the book um, and draw his crossbow, his custom crossbow. Uh, since it's it's right there, I'm just going to shoot it right in the face. Um, so I'm, uh, he just uh, he grabs his uh, signature weapon crossbow uh, as his maneuver, 
And uh, he's not going to aim, but his crossbow um, uh, is a superior. So um, his he's got his range. Thankfully, someone has already given me a boost die after seeing Luyork. So uh, nice. definitely dispatch or damage his. And mm-hmm. so um, my difficulty in melee with a crossbow is is two. Okay. I do believe. I, I think so. It should be two or three. In this case, since it's got its vines wrapped around you, too, I'm going to go ahead and make it three. Mm. Okay. It'll be a hard oh. check. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I'm also going to I'm going to spend two story points to trigger my, um, my character's uh, debts to pay uh, secret ability, which allows him to, until the end of his next turn, adds a... Blue boost die to his checks, and his crossbow gains the blast five quality. Because <laughs> he's not going to play. <laughs> not playing. Nope. You just brought a shotgun to a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Assault shotgun. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Um, uh, we are going to have one net success and one advantage. And since my weapon is superior, that would be two advantage. There we go. Very nice. Um, I'm assuming that this creature is not undead. So two you advantage. Are assuming that. You uh, are. Is this? Well, it's a pumpkin. Is it an undead creature? This creature is treated as a form of undead. Oh, oh well, uh, he has ra- uh, Wraithbane, which allows him to reduce the critical rating of the weapon by one when attacking an undead adversary. Well, there we go. Uh, so um, <laughs> that will allow me to crit him and blast him, actually, uh, right. with that lovely bit of information. So I'm going to uh, crit him What's with the, the one. First? The damage is going to be 10. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Soak some of that. All right, go ahead. And then he's going to take Blast 5. <laughs> to the face. <laughs> okay. And uh, then and go ahead and roll the crit for posterity's sake. Yeah. <laughs> 90... Wow. 99. Oh, 99. Well, high rolls on the crit chart tonight. My new yeah. favorite right. Crippled. All right. So <laughs> if it wasn't already dead, it would have been crippled. But you hit this thing right square in the head, like you kind of stick your crossbow right up into its face, you know? And you just and pull what? the trigger and you activate the special. How does that Ammo. blast? So, yeah, he just keeps some special igniting ammo that just, uh, when it hits the air, it uh, ignites and blows up. Nice. Okay. And so this pumpkin just explodes. And. Bits of everywhere. goo go everywhere. <laughs> now, the first thing you notice when it explodes, and by the way, we're stepping out of combat now. Okay. Um, first thing you notice when it explodes is that this you're hit with a wave, a smell. It smells like rotten pumpkin and apple cider. Mm. Apple cider? Yes, and mm. this greenish orange goo just hits the ground and hisses <laughs> and all right, Durek is standing there covered in that stuff. He's, maybe he's got maybe his a pumpkin scared. seed just kind of sliding down his cheek. <laughs> he was getting ready to hack and slash it. He looks at uh, Thane and is like, Durek hates it when you use that ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Things explode. <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. I've got That's a piece falls, say. 
foot piece <laughs> falls right in front of Leoric's like, oh, good. Far away again. <laughs> Far enough away yet again. <laughs> yes, yes. Loric and chicken rich, uh, chicken shit range again. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, it is a short distance away from there that the three of you will find it. I'll just give you this because we're going to cut this short. But you okay. you inspect the thing. There would be clues here that lead to the adventure. Not going to say what those are. But then <laughs> Not uh, they're nearby. You do find a man who um, has a peg leg on one leg, has <laughs> apparently lost it in a nasty thresher accident. And uh. his other leg is torn off and he's bleeding, but he is alive. Oh, all right. All right. And cool. yes, he was wearing a boot on his peg leg. <laughs> oh, great. Because if you'd have picked the boot up and looked, there's a little wooden foot inside. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. All right. All right. Cool. cool That's then. it. Nice. Two man. short oh. rounds. You guys made quick work of those guys, but it's supposed to be an introductory encounter. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So like nicely it. done. I like it. Advantageous yeah. threat there. Thank you, Tony, for running that. Yeah. Darren, I hope you had some fun. That was great. <laughs> you did a great job. That's uh, yeah. I'm gonna steal that. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Good. 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 Well, Tony's a pretty good game master when it comes to this kind of stuff and mm. setting up interesting oh, yeah. adventures and encounters. Very nice. All right. Well, shall we? Um. He once wore a, a wampa hat. So. <laughs> yes, he did. Sir. Which is great. There are pictures on the internet yeah. of it yes. <laughs> somewhere. That's it. Pics, or it didn't happen. Yes. That's right. There are pictures. It happened. All right. Well, let's go ahead and call this a night then. That's it. So. All right. So we're going to wrap up this show. Um. Thank you again, uh, Darren, real quickly. I uh, just want to do a little shout-out uh, to, uh, in this case, since it's the start of a new year, it's the first show of 2020, to all the blogs and podcasts out there from the Nerds International uh, Network. So the RPG Brewery, well, the brewery, actually, the Wild Eye, which is on hiatus, but still. But they've uh, got the, a huge backlog. Go listen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, start yep. uh, at the beginning and go uh, forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Murder Hobo Show, uh, not safe for work, obviously. Uh, th- the 3TRB, 3TRPG, even less safe for work. If they're listening to this show, I don't think they care about that. I don't no, think so. <laughs> yeah, Imaginary Ramblings, etc. Um, so they've got a few, quite a few blogs out there. We were on MeWe as well. So, yeah, we're all a great bunch of guys uh, and gals, a uh, few gals at least. Mm-hmm. Um Game uh, together, so uh, mm-hmm. check them out. That's Chris, great. is there anything else? Uh, I don't think we have any, um, any reminders or events coming up mm-hmm. here. Um, I think I'd just turn it over to um, to Darren if there's anything you want to plug. Thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate yeah, you. Uh, thank you again. Coming, that's great. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, it was really great. You guys are awesome and freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, feel free to look up. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, feel free to look up Hadra Shard on the Drive Through RPG. Um, be looking for part two coming out this, um, hopefully in the next few months. Um, and um, um, be looking for some new content coming out from 
um, some people, um, some of the writers who've written for FFG in the past. So um, I, I think it's everything for Genesis and Fantasy Flight is far from over. So don't okay. give up hope. Yeah. No, no. That's it. The community is still going. I mean, it's it's Gen- Genesis is a toolbox. It's a generic system. It's not just one specific system. So oh yeah. Uh, fans have been coming up with stuff since the beginning. So I think hopefully it will continue. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So okay. you can reach out to us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. You can talk to Stefan and I. Uh, people mm-hmm. do that occasionally. I don't know why, but uh, I, on Facebook <laughs> at, at Finding the Narrative. Uh, you can get a hold of Nerds International and all of us over there. Uh, our Finding the Narrative chat uh, on MeWe. Uh, Chris, uh, Stefan, and I, we're always on there. We're willing to talk. Um, yep. We have a Twitter presence, and Stefan monitors that like a hawk, and that's at FTN underscore Genesis. And uh, tell your friends, family, listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and more. So, Darren, you got a goodbye you want to say? Remember to narrate before and after you calculate. All right. Awesome. This is Tony saying, tell a great story and spend a story point. Very good one. And this is me just, Stefan saying, of course, dare to ask for those boost dice. Come on. I dare you. <laughs> and I say, remember the rule of cool, even if you're covered in pumpkin goo. And just have fun. <laughs> good night, everybody. And thanks again for coming. Coming yes. on and sharing a night with us there, Darren. Thank you, guys. Adios. There you go. I wasn't the only handsome one on the show this time. <laughs> but the most handsome one. Mm. Although I gotta tell you, you got the Picard thing going on, man. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole bald—that's a Picard oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For Tony, the, nice. It's it's not really a choice. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it was it was the lesser of two weevils. Yeah, it's, it can nice. be blinding sometimes. You know. <laughs> I've, I've turned the light down. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.